Hey, what's going on, cultivators of the future? Welcome to Aster Education. Super excited you guys could show up to my little makeshift TV studio podcasting recording session. Well, let's get started. So today we're going to be talking about humanity and schooling, what I like to call the next step in American education. When we think about education system right now, like there is so much peril that America is facing with ranking, tracking, competition, just overall a lack of focus on actual schooling itself. Our students are really missing out on a full and rich, authentic human experience. One that is truly educational in the sense that it actually adds on to themselves as a person. Um, so that's why this, this podcast episode is termed humanity and schooling. So today we're going to just kind of discuss um, how education system used to be and kind of how we're still in heavily involved in that factory model uh, and just kind of outlying how the future of education, how we can really seek to bring humanity into the education system. Uh, so today we're going to talk about uh, educator E.D. Hirsch. Uh, there was a book he wrote entitled How to Educate the Citizen. So we'll be referring to that book. Uh, so, hey, let's get started. Clearly, the Industrial Revolution was a very important time in the history of our nation. With so many improvements to the efficiency of handling tasks and increasing technology, we started to see huge changes in our daily lives. Back in that time, of course. Since that time, about 60 years ago, America has continued to change and it looks really different. Like if you look, we, you know, we're not calling people the same. We're using social media. We're doing things. We can connect to people faster than we ever could before. So why then, why with all these changes, does the mainstream school system still hold on to antiquated tactics derived in the factory era of our nation? Why do we still feel the need to view the young minds as future commodities with the sole purpose of production? What is the best way to have real education occur in the classrooms? You know, like where students actually feel like they're a part of the system, like they're a part of a positive system. They're a part of something that's actually adding on to themselves and helping them to unlock what I like to call their limitless self. All right, so first, before we get into all that juicy stuff, let us explore two popular and often polarized concepts of education. Um, so we can think about them as traditional and progressive. All right, so before I move any further, I wanna just make a note that I'm super careful of how I use the word schooling as opposed to education. So when I think of the two, and I'm always talking about this, education refers to true improvement, adding on to yourself, and just becoming a better version of yourself. While I feel like schooling represents more of the social mind, which is more programmed to play small or be average or to follow the rules, um, kind of like that factory model. It's a product of the factory model of education, like how we were speaking about before. Um, so yes, I, whenever I say schooling, just know that schools, in essence, refer to a severe unschooling of the youth, whereas education refers to true enrichment, empowerment, making something better. So on its own, schooling is supposed to be a location for actual learning, progress, and improvement to occur, right? As we just mentioned, this is what it really means to learn, this is what it really means to educate. However, schools have been relegated to mere conduits of artificial intelligence. 
So this manifests as locations where knowledge is seen as a commodity with a prescribed right and wrong way of doing things. So I'll definitely expand on this concept of artificial intelligence in later episodes. Um, but for now, it's going to be key to explore the traditional model and its effect on the quality of education. So one major underlying aspect of public schooling is the desire for standards to be met and for practices to be duplicatable. So, I mean, just think about like a, a chain food restaurant. You can think of McDonald's, Popeye's, whichever one you like, maybe Shake Shack, whichever one is the best one for you. These different re uh, restaurants each have their own recipes and they're gonna taste pretty much the same no matter where you go, no matter what part of this, the country you go, it's duplicatable. So if you apply this concept to schools, see this idea of duplication was made really popular during the mid 19th century. And much of this is usually credited to educator Horace Mann. I mean, if you look at it, this standard and duplicatable idea fit really, really nicely with the American idea of capitalized capitalism and production kind of like meshes really well together. And if you look in our contemporary society, this way still prevails the dominating method. Like when we look around, the main thing we want to do is make money, consume, make money, consume. That's kind of how our society sets us up to be. Uh, and that's unfortunately the only way we, we kind of start to see the world as. So now let's bring, let's bring E.D. Hurst into the conversation. So I, I say that he championed this way of per perceiving schooling while adding a certain focus on the importance of citizenship. So in his work entitled How to Educate a Citizen, Hirsch argues that there is a lack of shared knowledge amongst our nation, as well as a lost sense of patriotism. Hirsch writes, we have no reliable means other than the nation itself for creating a law-abiding, altruistic, and mentally supportive and moral community. Hirsch, chapter nine. To create this type of citizen then, Hirsch argues, would require students to possess what he terms shared knowledge. This knowledge is intended to act as a bridge to connect our experiences so that we can operate interdependently. So in particular, Hirsch believed that language was crucial in the dissemination of shared knowledge. As he writes, language is an equalizer among humanity, Hirsch chapter seven. More importantly, Hirsch held that an elementary school ought to demonstrate three central criteria, coherence over time, commonality for inclusion of all, and number three, specificity to ensure said commonality. So this would be executed with the purpose of promoting equity, of course. Further in his work, quote, the different subject matters need to be integrated in a coherent experience in the school year and throughout the school years, end quote. Hirsch chapter eight. This is similar to the idea of harmonizing topics by the way of interdisciplinary practices, much like how we do today in our contemporary society. Okay, so that was a little brief rundown of what Hirsch talks about. Um, he he also refers to you know the real cultivation of a citizen, like how he wants people to be very nation oriented or very. Um, I, I don't want to oversimplify it and say patriotic. Uh, but it is like, I would say nation centered. Um, so here, let me just kind of provide a little, uh, critique while the notion of an altruistic and interdependent society is clearly laudable. I believe Hirsch's overall aim of citizenship is a bit misguided, especially considering the history of the United States. So the only reason I say that is our history is super diverse, right? 
we have so many different cultures, uh, religions, nationalities, and ethnicities, and just a melting pot of differences. Uh, and by the way, it was also built off of many different off of those different cultures. However, I mean, of course, let's refer to the elephant in the room. Our nation has also been built off of heavy inequality, inequity, slavery, injustice, racism. That list could probably go on and on and on. So I feel like putting too much faith or too much focus in just the national aspect alone, I feel is a bit deleterious to our survival as humans or our quality of life or our chances of equality, of equity, and you know, just truly being altruistic and interdependent. So I feel like it would be better to focus on the humanity as opposed to just nationality. So if we read further in Hirsch's writing, he says, quote, the curriculum I received was nation-centered, not child-centered. We learn history. We honor the US founders. We learn by heart the preambles to the Declaration and Constitution, end quote, Hirsch chapter eight. So to me, this shared knowledge that Hirsch speaks of sounds like the whitewashed narrative we know of all too well. While the founding fathers' contributions to this country were clearly great, it is still a bit harmful to truly honor the owners of slaves. I mean, come on, let's get real. Instead, this history must be explored in a manner that clearly represents all of the cold, hard facts. Come on, let's give it to these students straight, right? Let's keep it real. Students deserve to learn the truth of our nation and not a dominant version of it. I understand that Hirsch does speak on the reality of inequitable access of education for BIPOC students. He does talk about that in his, in his work. So if you guys ever want to read uh, How to Educate a Citizen, citizen he is going to bring that up. However, when discussing America, we must realize that any idea of patriotism will have racism implicitly underlying it at the root, for it is at the foundation of our nation. Let's face it. Hence, I don't feel that the purpose of schooling is to create the ideal American citizen. However, I feel like schooling is meant to create the ideal human, the ideal person, the fully realized, actualized, and limitless self. Cool. Awesome. All right, guys. So that's all I have for you today. Uh, we will most certainly be continuing humanity and schooling. Be on the lookout for part two. We will discuss thinker Alfie Cohn. If you guys don't know about him, definitely check him out. He's got some interesting things to say on grades and other things involving school change. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, if you guys like this video, definitely give it a like. Definitely share it um, and subscribe to the channel, Ask for Education. Uh, follow me on Instagram. Follow me on the YouTube. I, I, you don't follow on YouTube, but hey, same thing. Um, and hey, as always, stay cold.